Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where, whether you're hiding a puppy in your bedroom or pretending you weren't a foster child, the important thing is to never stop lying. Book number 33, Starting Over. Will Sally Larson have to change to stay in Sweet Valley? Hi, welcome to Sweet Valley, I, or, you know, welcome to Sweet Valley, California, where we are right now. What I meant to say was welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, but the listeners probably knew that they were not in Sweet Valley, California. It's fictional. Unless this is your first episode, in which case, welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast. Sweet Valley, California is fictional. I'm here with Megan Shattuck and Corey Borgman. Now, careful listeners will maybe recall that <laughs> Megan Shattuck is my cousin. But what you may not be aware of is that Corey Borgman is also my cousin. Hi, Corey. Hi, Marissa. And also <laughs> hi to you, Megan. Hi. You're welcome to back. And we're here in person. It's it's uh, the holiday season. We are together in Albuquerque. And I thought that since today's book, book number 33, Starting Over, was ostensibly about cousins, that maybe my cousins and I could record a, could do this one together. And uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it. You were yeah. very game, but now that you've read the book, I'm not sure. I'm still very game. The book yeah. definitely inspired me. Yeah. It doesn't really paint a great portrait of, like, cousinhood. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, like, glad that... Uh, our cousin Bond is a little bit stronger than the cousin Bond uh, yeah. depicted. Maybe it's because they were trying to be siblings. Yeah, Could maybe. We, maybe. We never had to share a room or a house. Yeah, we, no, or a car, yeah. or a, or even really a bloodline. Friend. I mean, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, that's spotty. This is. I mean, I mean, we. There's not really important, but it, one thing that I think is very cool. So maybe it's important. It's an inspiration to families everywhere. <laughs> is that we're all like cousins together and call each other cousins. But Megan is my cousin on my, from my mom's side of the family, and Corey is my cousin from my dad's side of the family. But Megan and Corey live in the same city, and I never have lived here, which I actually think kind of makes it all the cooler that you guys are friends and family and like yeah. see each other because you didn't need like me as an intermediary to be here <laughs> to get you guys to hang out yeah i mean and we're it's harder to describe our relationship than to just be cousins so. yeah yeah i just say this is my cousin, yeah, Corey. My cousin. technically maybe not but it's only it's, a problem when people start asking follow-up questions yeah. right and i still couldn't describe yeah. it what yeah. are we exactly i don't know but i, I mean, have, i can't describe cousins. cousin relationships like beyond first cousin yeah like, i no, don't I remember second either. or removed or I have some people in my life, like I have someone that the easiest way for me, I, disca- I decided that the best way for me to describe her, her to other people is to call her my sister-in-law. But then anybody who knows even a little bit about me is like, but are you an only child? Like, like, yeah, okay, so let me go into it. And then it's always just a longer speech. It's like, you could have just let it be, you know? Yeah. You didn't have to ask me a follow-up follow question. Up, exactly, just <laughs> play along. <laughs> so that's what we'll do. For the, we could have done it already for yeah. the episode. Maybe yeah. we will. Maybe I'll cut out that whole conversation and the <laughs> listeners will just not know the details of our cousinhood. But before we tell the listeners who we on Sweet Valley Diaries call gladiators, um, because gladiators is the mascot of Sweet Valley High. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, oh, yeah, that's right is a good <laughs> thing to say because it's while it is true, it almost never comes up. So it's like a secret thing. Yeah. 
Um, early on in the show, I recorded a fake commercial for where I referred to them as the Spartans because I kind of just assumed <laughs> that they were the Spartans. I mean, yeah. Sweet Valley High is rest of the ass. Anyway, um, let's start off by talking about the cover of Starting Over. It's a, it's a special one. I mean, they're all special, but... It is special. You know, one of the first things that you notice, aside from this boss jacket... Yes. <laughs> ...is that these two ladies are the same age, right? Yeah. Or, uh, or I think the one getting... Sally's older. Is older. Yeah. She looks so like juvenile 17? in this picture. Yeah. So there's two girls on the cover of this book, and one is kind of brushing the hair of the other one. And the seated one is, like, looking in a mirror... Is that right? Yeah, yeah, she's looking in a mirror and yeah, maybe she, a little suspiciously, and her hair's maybe a little fairly yeah, wild. And so she's got like a kind of a sweater, and she's sort of prim looking. Um, I think the book would say like dowdy, but she doesn't really look dowdy. She just looks sort of prim, and she's got brown hair, and she's like trying to figure out what's going on here. And her hair is being brushed up by a blonde girl with a lot of eye makeup on. And I might even call her hairdo outrageous. She's got yeah. an outrageous hairdo. <laughs> and um, it's like half of a flock of seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> and it's blonde. Yeah, a small yeah. half a flock of seagulls. That's what they call that hairdo. Um, so she's wearing this like puffy orange jacket that's like got the sleeves rolled up. It's got a black shirt underneath. Which is significant mostly because early on in the book, one of the very first things that I marked describes... So the person... I'm sorry. The person in this jacket we're talking about is Dana Larson. She is brushing the hair of Sally Larson. Lead singer of the droids. Yes. Dana. Lead singer. Exactly. Dana Larson is the lead singer of the droids. And she... We really get a taste of her true personality for the first time in this book. Um, but Megan, you were previously on a book that featured the droids very yeah. heavily. Yeah, and especially it was a it was Guy Chesney. That's Guy right. Chesney, yes. yes. Yeah. Guy Chesney, who is in this book? And he about Lynn. Also yeah, that's book. right. Yeah, let me tell be, you, yeah. that has not happened like in the interim, really. But, oh, wow. but Guy and Lynn got brought up in this book because it's a droids book. <laughs> but Dana's the star, the lead singer of the droids, so she's very hip and cool. Anyway, um, Sally. Yeah, that jacket. Is her, is her, I was going to say younger cousin, but no, Sally is actually her older cousin, right. but we'll get into Sally's whole backstory, but Sally is going to come live with her aunt and uncle and her two cousins, Dana and Dana's Jeremy. brother, Jeremy, who is very frequently called Jerry in this book. Did you guys notice that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Jerry think... or Jer or Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't really think of Jerry as a nickname for Jeremy. Do you guys No, I think I actually have that as a note in here of like, is that actually a nickname for Jeremy? I mean, I guess if you can start using that on the Jeremy's in my life. (laughs) One of the Jeremy's in your life has also been on this podcast. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, But so if people call him Jer, so I guess if you can call Jeremy Jer, then Jerry is just like an extension. Jer. Yeah, like Jess. extension. Yeah, like Jess is short for Jessica. So you could say Jesse. So Jerry, but I think of Jerry as a separate name. This is becoming a very long run on sentence. The important <laughs> thing is this passage, which is when Sally first lays eyes on Dana. Sally looked quickly in the direction her aunt indicated, almost expecting to see the same girl she had played with when they were kids. But standing in another doorway was a tall, leggy blonde whose pretty features were crowned by an outrageous hairstyle. She was wearing skin-tight black stirrup pants and a gold lame dinner jacket. Sleeves pushed up over a black and white checked shirt. It's quite the picture. Yeah. 
Yes. So it's a fashion moment and a very similar fashion moment to the one that Dana is having on the cover, but not the exact fashion moment. Yes. Yeah. Well, that might be her orange jacket and not her not gold lamey. It doesn't look quite, quite like a dinner jacket. It's not a dinner jacket. It yeah. does have the sleeves pushed up. Yeah. She clearly is a fashionista. Yeah. Which comes and up in the book. Tacky yeah. jacket collector. So, I mean, I think before we get further into this, I have to ask uh, Corey the question that we ask at the top of every episode. The Megan already answered this question mm-hmm. in her previous episode. What, before you read this book, like, what was your familiarity with Sweet Valley High, if any. So Sweet Valley High was a, a series of books that I was familiar with, but I'm, I was a little older than the book's audience at the time that it was popular. So I remember the books. I didn't read as many of them as I read Babysitter Club. Mm, same here. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, I remember, this is funny that we're on a Cousins episode, but I associate this book with our cousin Erica. Uh, she had a large collection in her closet of both Babysitter and Sweet Valley High. I think Erica wow. is, she's listening right now and she's going to be so mad that you beat her into an episode. <laughs> she probably is. And she should be. Because I'm a poser. <laughs> but I am familiar with the the main characters. Actually, our cousin Erica also had a board game. Yeah. And I forget what it was called. There was, it was a board game. Sweet Valley High, the board game. Oh my gosh. Well, that's creative. <laughs> but yeah, so we played that a lot. And so I'm familiar with the main characters more through the board game. Through the, sure. Through the book. Four oh. characters, Jessica, Elizabeth, Enid, and Lila are the four like game yes. characters you can play in the board game. And we'll they, have to do an episode about the board game someday. Yeah. yeah. We, we should absolutely now. play that game. Yeah, we'll have to get Erica here. <laughs> yeah, we cousins only. We can each play one of the girls. Let me get yeah. to pick which girl we are. And uh, everybody's trying to be Enid. <laughs> Weird thing about the game board game is that they all have a like a boyfriend that they're trying to go on a date with, and the card even says boyfriend. But for Enid, it's Winston Egbert, which I don't think really ever happens. Sorry, Winston doesn't appear in this book, so that's oh, that's really just for the gladiators. But gladiators, isn't it weird how the board game thinks that Enid and Winston are a couple? So weird. All four of those characters though do appear in this book. So yes. you had some familiar faces there. Yes. yes or I not did. their faces, but you know. Yes. <laughs> um, and I was great to get to know Dana and Sally better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> and Jerry. And Jerry. Oh god, it was not great to get to know Jerry. No, no Jerry. Jerry was kind of, kind of a, kind of a punk. Bad, bad boy, not in the yeah. cool way. Yeah. Right. In fact, he had a chance to be a bad boy in the cool way and he blew it hard. <laughs> so chucked <laughs> over his wallet. Super uncool. So let's, I mean, I think we have to start with what is Sally's deal? Like Sally's situation. And I really, I mean, I, I, I know that I said, let's read this because it's a cousin book and we're cousins, but oh, it's like, it's such a downer. This book yeah. is actually a bigger downer than a lot of them are. Um, at least the A story. Uh, we'll yeah. get to the B story of the book, which I is the B story. Just like, just like, like it's, it's like the A story, but with dogs. <laughs> yeah, they kind of wanted it to be like I think they wanted this book to really be about a golden retriever puppy, but they were like, "We'll make that the B story. We'll focus on some other characters." What if we just throw in a foster kid? Yes. yes. We can draw the parallels yeah. and it'll be fine. Right. And the extreme like whiplash of emotion as you yeah. go yes. from one storyline to the other. Because what's happening with poor Sally Larson is that she was like abandoned by her mother as like a like, early teen. Yeah. Oh, like, was it? I thought it was when she was like five or something. But, like, oh, I don't know. Well, I didn't have it or anything. Well, she was not a baby or anything. She She was, but her mom left her. 
she's been bounced around the foster system for a long time. And finally, I don't know what took them so long, but her aunt and uncle were like, we'll take you in. She's 17 years old. Like, she's almost, like, ready to kind of age out of the system. Yeah, like, why didn't they take her in before, like, in the last eight years? Yeah. I don't have fun in foster care. I was kind of thinking the same thing because, not just be like, oh, come on, aunt and uncle, that's your duty, but because they are so open to her now. Yeah. So maybe they just feel guilty. Right. (laughs) Well, they probably should. (laughs) Yeah. So this book starts out at a droids rehearsal with Dana, like, anticipating how Sally is going to get there soon. Right. Yeah, and she hadn't seen her since they were young girls. So, yeah, maybe the... Before the mom abandoned Sally. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes, here. Exactly. With, after Sally's father had left home 13 years before, Sally's mother had remarried and given her up to a foster home. Wow, nice mother. Yeah. Remarried. Oh, so yeah. That's what I was thinking. It was still 13 years before. Yeah. before. So she was four? And she wow. gave up her own daughter for some second the, husband? Yeah. Weak. When that hadn't worked out, she was sent to another foster home. Yikes, so she's yikes. The system. She missed a year of school, so she's older than Dana. And but... Dana is embarrassed about that. Yeah. Dana right. doesn't want anybody to, like, know Sally's whole, so, like, sad backstory. Mm-hmm. It's, like, reflects poorly on her. Yeah. and so Jerry Springer. Yeah, I guess so. I think <laughs> that must Springer. be it. <laughs> Jeremy Springer. Yeah, that's his real name. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that's what's going on. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe she also just thinks it'll be... I think she does think that she's worried about Sally fitting in. There's, that's, there's a lot of that in Sweet Valley. Yeah. And she feels like it will be easier for Sally yeah. if people don't think that she's, you know... Just, just yeah. make it easier on yourself. Right. She even says that in there. Like, well, yeah. it's not to oh, your advantage yeah. to offer up these details of your ghetto backstory. Right. So she the the big problem early on in this story is Dana's brother Jeremy. <laughs> I want to call him Jerry because the book calls him that so much. Jeremy is so butthurt about the idea of Sally coming to live with them. Yeah. And yeah. like he gets the cool attic. Yeah. Then, yeah, so I mean that's like the main thing he's mad about yeah. is that he had to leave his room and give his room to Sally. Right. Now, everything's kind of messed up. For your yeah. parents to be like, no, you get a different room, yeah. but kind of set the stage against Sally from the get go because there's like this butt hurtness. Yeah, yeah, but only because Jeremy is unreasonable. Yeah, like, well, it's true. true. The parents <laughs> at one point even say, like, oh, come on, Sally, Jeremy it knows that you didn't pick to stay in his room. We told him that you had to do that. So there's no reason he could hold that against you. They literally say that to her. But he, so I feel like he should, he should know better, but they're wrong. Yeah. He is he's, mad about that. He's clearly unreasonable and he's. Yeah. Like a pill the whole time. And yeah. after that passage I read before where Sally lays eyes on Dana, she meets Jeremy. And when she finds, even before she meets him, when she finds out about the bedroom thing, she's like, I will offer to switch with him. And then Jeremy comes in the room all sullen, like, oh, hi, Sally. <laughs> and Dana's like, I'm mad at you for not being here. Because Dana's really pro-Sally initially. Right. She's like, Sally, I'm going to give you um, a makeover. I'm going to, well, let's go shopping for new clothes. But... When Sally says to Dana, like, I'm going to trade rooms with him, Dana's like, no, he'll, he might say yes. Like, Jeremy's there. It's this whole conversation. Yeah. Anyway. So that doesn't happen. So, but that does begin a pattern with Sally of, like, constantly just, she's, the book states outright that her, her MO is don't get sent away. Yeah. Right. Isn't that her mantra? She had a, mm-hmm. she had a mantra. She did have a mantra. 
And it's also on the cover of the... Or the mantra's not on the cover Somehow I randomly opened to it. Nice. That girl, Mary Beth, had told Sally, When I get a good thing, I'm going to hang on with all I've got. Hang on with all I've got, Sally repeated to herself. That's what I've got to do. Yeah. It's it's really sad. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) sad. It's it's upsetting. It sets why she feels like she needs to do anything and everything to please these people who are sometimes completely unreasonable. Yeah. Right. On the verge of, we might call them e-holes. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the verge of being e-holes, yeah. Not yeah. the parents. The parents are pretty nice. Is this yeah. an explicit podcast? Does it have a Yes. Name? Okay. <laughs> you're allowed to, you're allowed to I curse. I say the yeah. whole yes. a-word. Bring the whole oh. a-hole. <laughs> so what happens right away is that Dana takes Sally shopping. Yes. And... Sally is has like never been to a mall before, I guess. <laughs> I guess they are yeah. like main well, street it's, it's USA just, apparently. Yeah. She only <laughs> shops at thrift stores. Yeah, right? but, is, and, that's right, and not for fashion. Yeah, that's so. Dana says something about how you can find really great stuff at thrift stores too, and Sally like blushes because she's like, I had to shop at thrift stores and not for fashion, which is like. <laughs> But just because you have to shop there doesn't mean you can't be looking for cute clothes there, but whatever. Right. I guess it is a whole privilege thing, and, yeah. and she feels embarrassed. But but chapter three does start with a, a good snapshot of what Dana's voice is like in this book, which is Dana saying, Don't you think malls are wild? They're like the new Main Street USA. You know what I mean? Um, early on in this book, Sally catches on to the fact that Dana says that things are great a lot. And she thinks, though, that must be Dana's favorite word. So she starts saying that things are great. And I don't know, I can't overstate how much Sally is like, I don't like anything Dana likes. I just, nothing like her as a person, but I'm going to do whatever she wants to try to be the person that she right. wants me to be so that she likes me. She likes me, yeah. and then I don't have to get sent away. Yeah. So it's well, I mean, more yeah. important to stay than to do anything that you care about. I mean, it's like a lot of her survival is kind of tied up in that of having like a loving home. And so, yeah, and this is different and it really is different from any other place that she's been because it is actual family members. And she's like, Sweet Valley is so beautiful. Everybody here is so beautiful. Like the same thing that we as outsiders. Yeah, she sees all the gorgeous people. She notices, she notices. So even like the makeover, everything, it's not really Sally. And I kind of thought the book was going to be a little bit more about that. But it ends up kind of taking more of an emotional turn rather than being about Sally's makeover. Right. Um, Sally kind of rejects the makeover in private. Right. She goes back to wearing her Oxford shirts and jeans and washes off all the makeup. Oh, I guess the one other element of Sally's transformation is that Dana also wants her to be interested in the same thing she's interested in. Which is primarily means the droids. Right. Yeah. So, she wants to make her a, another droid. Basically. Yeah. But Sally doesn't sing or play any instruments. She and... doesn't even like rock music. She really hates this band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she just sort of, she's like, oh God, well, I guess I'll organize the sheet music. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> she goes to the rehearsal, organizes the sheet music, and then is like, well, there's nothing else for me to do but listen to the songs. Maybe if I listen to them enough, I'll start liking them. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> no, don't like it. This is like the only teen at Sweet Valley High that doesn't like the droids. Yeah. That's the thing, the fact she should really keep private. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to lie about something. Yeah. Droid hater. <laughs> but it is funny, like, 
we've never heard that before. And yeah. she, and you would think that could also be a potential conflict for this book, but it's not. It yeah, doesn't, that, other than the it being a part of the whole. Right. She just kind of has to do whatever other people tell her to do so she can stay. Have a loving family. <laughs> yeah. Then I was worried that while Dana just said that Sally could rack up a bunch of charges on the credit card and the parents wouldn't mind because it, she was, you know, special. And I was like, uh oh, well, I see where this is going. Yeah. That you know, stressed me right out. Yeah. Sally's going to get in trouble and then she's going to get blamed and she's going to run away or something. Keep in mind, I have read this book before, <laughs> but it's been a while. Um, but that wasn't the point of conflict either. So. No. Um, here's a little window into one point of conflict that just really knocked my socks off as I was reading this book on the airplane here this morning. Uh, you know, Sally said, sitting down with a pair of new shoes in her lap. This is so incredibly different from, well, she broke off searching for the right words. She faced Dana with a look of wonder on her face. I've never lived in such a nice place before. Listen, forget about it, okay? Dana said. You live with us now, so you don't have to think about your old life. You can just pretend it never happened, right? She paused, looking carefully at her cousin's face. Right? She insisted. <laughs> A look of surprise crossed Sally's features. Oh, sure. I'll just try to forget about it. There was an awkward pause as the two looked at each other. Dana wondered briefly if she had hurt Sally's feelings, but she decided it would really be better for everyone if Sally just forgot her past. It was so awful, she must want to. <laughs> wow. One of the best parts about this, and we've discussed whether or not the timeline in this book is um, legitimate, but this, I think, is day two. I think she got there, and then the next day they went shopping, and that night is when she tells her to forget about her past. So she's been there for like... Not Thir even 48 hours. Yeah. hours, and it's time to just put it behind you. You're 14 yeah. years of foster care. Yeah. It's yeah. not like she was abused or anything. <laughs> that comes, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, when, I, when I went, uh, when I read this the first time, it was really hard not to read it as, I mean, when I read it, read it in my head, it was hard not to read Sally's tone of voice as, oh, sure, I'll just try to forget about <laughs> yeah. it. Okay. Like, you fucking lunatic. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, what you just alluded to is really important because the big, a big problem is Jeremy's continued, uh, dislike of Sally. And I mean, from here, the Sally plotline just kind of snowballs into Dana and Jeremy are getting increasingly annoyed with Sally's kind of perfection. But the perfection is of course just Sally trying desperately to prove that she's like worthy of keeping around, yeah, trying right. to prove it to not just to the parents, um, whose names are Anne and Hal. Hal, yes. But to Jeremy and Dana too. So she like does Dana's chores, or she offers to I don't know do something for Jeremy. Do yeah. you remember what? It's, it's um, like, was it the dishes or I think that's for Dana. Oh, okay. Every time she does something nice, she, like, looks at Jeremy to see if maybe he's, like, softening. And he's just, like, glaring at her every yeah. time. Well, and then she also threatens to... Not formally threatens, but then she also threatens to steal his best friend because he's attracted to yeah. her. And that's clearly a problem for him. There are so few boys in this podcast that we can take an early foray into the part of the podcast where we talk about boys. Oh, 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 who's a beautiful boy? Who's a beautiful boy? 
bring up the character of Mark Riley, who we have never heard of before. I don't think in a single book. I was wondering if he's. Yeah, we we never heard of Jeremy Larson before this book either. (laughs) But yeah, so that's probably why we never heard about Mark Riley. He's always hanging out with with Jerry Larson. Larry Jerry slash. I don't know how old those guys are. Did you do you know what grade they're in? Oh, I don't know. Are they older than Dana or younger? I assumed he was older. I guess the attic and so. Mark seems older, but Jeremy seems younger just because he's such a bitch. He's such a whiny baby, yeah. (laughs) Um, sorry. Anyway, whatever it is. He's old enough to drive, so he can't be much younger. Okay, well, maybe he's a senior. Damn. Grow up, Jeremy. Maybe he's the same age. (laughs) He just do mature more slowly. What do you think? So did we, did we get an intro to Mark? Um, ooh, yeah, okay. So. He is a tall, dark-haired boy with an athletic build. Well, that sounds uh, nice. That's really all we get. So that's why that didn't stand out to me. <laughs> but Sally can tell that Mark is attracted to her. Yes. So she's excited about that until she really sees Jeremy being like, he is so pissed. pissed. I mean, and then Mark doesn't calls. take long for her to mad, feel mad dogged by him because he was mad dogged. He literally, yeah. he's like yeah. glaring at he's her like just because. Corner. And Mark is the one that's trying to continue a conversation with her. They're trying to go to a game, and Mark invites her to go along, and she can just tell by Jeremy's look that he doesn't want that, so she says she can't. And then, then he, yeah. boy, can't take a hint. And so <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, it was adorable, sure. But you're right. He, I mean, he should take a hint because he literally he calls the house and he actually says that he's going to keep on trying even though she's like, rejecting him. Like, you but, won't have an excuse once the weekend gets here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he calls and and poor Sally actually overhears Jeremy say to Dana like, "It's not enough that she stole my room. She's going <laughs> to steal my best friend too." <sighs> he really needs a hug, doesn't he? Oh, poor Jerry. Somebody would just smack him. Well, I think one of those, maybe both. Maybe a maybe smack. Maybe both. Like, oh, you can do maybe it. Maybe he needs a hug from Mark. Oh yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what's really going on here. Maybe he is yeah. tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, yeah. That's all we yeah. know about him, really. That actually would make a lot more sense. Oh, His, like, level of upset would really make a lot more sense if yeah. he was, like, secretly in love with Mark. Yeah. Or not secretly. But I noticed Mark also didn't get a hair color. Yeah, he's... Like, Everybody on. gets a hair color in Sweet Valley. Yeah, that's, I was, that's why I had to go back and look, because normally in the section of the podcast where we talk about boys, we talk about how they're described as being so sexy. Yeah. But that didn't happen in this book. We get Mark Riley. He's just described as being, like, generally athletic. Then later on in the book, we get a brief glimpse of Ken Matthews and John Pfeiffer. They barely get described, except also being athletic, like football right. guys. And then Jeffrey French is described as being handsome, but we all know Jeffrey French is handsome. That's not news. But yeah, so Mark calls the house and tries to ask her out on a date. And she's she cites, like, being busy with the droids. She's busy. She's homework. Yeah. So, but he, he says, he's, oh, you can't hide from me next time I come over. Super creeper. In that, that, <laughs> in that yeah. To say that. Though, yeah. In, in Mark Riley's defense, when he meets her for the second time at home, he doesn't recognize her because she's washed off all her makeup. And that's when he... Swoons. That's true. Over her, over her natural beauty. Yeah. yeah. And in Mark Riley's defense, Sally likes him. So yeah. <laughs> she is lying to him. I mean, it's She's, not a great way to be. No. <laughs> it makes things confusing for yes. men who, like, don't really need an extra excuse to, <laughs> to be uh, yeah. excessively pursuant. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well said. But but yeah, she is into him, so she's not saying no because she doesn't like him. She's saying no to try to get Jeremy to like her, and it is not working. No. No. Everything she does is about trying to please Jeremy or Dana. Yeah. Just so that she doesn't have to leave. Even give up Mark Riley. Yeah, and initially it's just Jeremy. And Dana is like, you know, so there's this cool passage. Let me see if I can find it. I just thought it was sort of clever where even after Dana has started being a little bit of a brat to Sally, Sally has caught on to something about Dana. She likes giving advice. That yeah. is one thing she notices. I thought it was really perceptive of yeah. Sally to notice all these things. I mean, I guess her her thriving was dependent on that before. Yeah, but, I thought so too. But yeah, for her to say like, oh, Elizabeth uses the word great all the time. Or not Elizabeth. Uh, Dana uses the word great all the time. So I'll use the word great for... Yeah, and so she goes over to Dana's room to say like, which which shirt goes better with this skirt? It's a skirt that is like, she only bought to please Dana in the first place. But after she does this, and Dana responds really well to it, mm-hmm. um, she's like... We get her inner monologue, and she's thinking just what we've been saying that she noticed that Dana liked being asked for advice. So, right. this she, is a good way to stay on the good side. She even refers to it as getting a point. Yeah. yeah. She it says, like, figuring out how to score was the hardest thing. <laughs> she still hasn't figured out how to quote unquote score with Jer. <laughs> right. It's a problem with cousins, you know, when you don't know how to score with your cousin. It's like, what do you do? It gets awkward. So, <laughs> so, but what I was going to say before I started talking about this tangent was that initially it's just Jeremy that's a pill, but Dana catches the Jeremy bug, and it's because of the parents, actually. Yeah. Well, everything that Sally does, like we've said, is is trying to score points or be helpful or you like know, she's a servant or something, right? So yeah. she is trying to her hardest to be helpful in every way. And the parents kind of shut this down. The parents try to get her like, hey, just relax. You don't have to do any of this. Right. But she still does it, which makes her look like even more of a saint. Right. It makes her look like a saint in the parents' eyes. And it looks her look, makes her look like a kiss up in the eyes of the, of the kids. Yeah. And so then they're trying, they're being compared to this perfect angel. And suddenly their mom and dad are saying things to them about how they need to clean their room better. Like, look, Sally does this. And they're also getting shit for not being more open-hearted about their cousin, which they deserve because they're being assholes. But this is where Jeremy's famous line to Dana, when they're, they're like conferring about how annoyed they are, where he says, it's not like she was abused or anything. Like that's the that's the bar that you yeah, have to hurdle. Well, and she obviously was too. So yeah, there are different kinds of abuse. Yeah, Sally. I mean, Jeremy, <laughs> Jerry, and it's also yeah. Larry. something that he has zero evidence of for or against. She yeah. very well could have been abused. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. There's, it's we have no backstory on Sally's foster. That's cares. true, and yeah. he's never I mean, asked her about chance. it. No, like, he said to her, "It's like he hasn't seen her since she was four. Yeah. And Dana has forbidden her from remembering her past. So <laughs> just forget about it. Yeah. Um, there was another really awful line he had in here around um like saying it's not as if she's a princess or a cripple. I mean, oh. I know it's 80s language, oh, oh. so it was a different time. Oh. 
And also, uh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yes, I marked it and I didn't see my little marker. It's on page five. Do you want to read it? Sure. Because I don't know that I want to read it. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I want it to be on the show, but I don't want to say the words. It's, yeah. um, it's, uh... Yeah, he said, he's, uh... Yeah, well, I wish Mom and Dad would lay off about this whole welcome wagon stuff. Jeremy stormed on. You'd think she was some kind of princess or a cripple or something. Be nice, kids, he mimicked in a high voice. Like... So you love Jeremy right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> this is his his level of discourse. Good God, the boss guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a boss for yeah. sure. Bloody eaters, we're trying to make boss happen over here in <laughs> in uh, Sweet Valley Diaries land, or just in Albuquerque slash Los Angeles, or to bring boss back as a, as an adjective. So so think about using it. Yeah, and it's not just for motorcycles and cars. No, you can it's describe LeMay jackets, LeMay jackets, and just like attitudes. Yeah, uh, but in this case, being used an advanced usage where you were being sarcastic when you said that he uh, yeah. he had a real boss attitude. <laughs> so yeah, so they're starting to be shitty, and they basically tell Sally to take the car to get her away from the house for a while, which also seemed like there was an ulterior motive, but it was really just like. We don't want to deal with her for a while. Well, and yeah. it was weird that her parents kept uh, encouraging her to take the car. I mean, they were trying to be nice, but then they just also told her, like, oh, why don't you take the car? Like, a few times, yeah. I think. Yeah, there's a lot of bitterness about having to share the car with From like, Jeremy and Rose. Yeah. Yes, yes, he's very giving. Although I don't remember <laughs> anybody actually using the car in the book, <laughs> other than when she drives to the school to right. use the car to shut everyone up. Well, something that's kind of a fun character trait of Dana is that she loves old movies. She was going to go catch a flick, oh, but yeah. then her mom made her back in her room because now Sally is in town. And uh, I think it's an interesting facet of Dana's personality, but uh, that's when she starts to get a little bit hard-hearted towards Sally, actually. Yeah, she, yeah. She missed out on something she wanted to do because of Sally. That's when they really start turning downhill is when they personally have to yeah. sacrifice. What Megan mentioned about Sally taking the car and driving to the high school, which is already kind of sad because mm-hmm. it's like it's the only place she knows where it is. And she was like, later on, she's like, I just wanted to see what it was like when no kids were there. <laughs> but this is a moment of the story that will be very familiar to um, experienced gladiators mm-hmm. because it is the part of the story where Elizabeth intervenes by no act of her own. She just sort of intersects her, her, her orbit collides with Sally's. Sally shows up in the Oracle office. She's like, oh, the newspaper seems like something I would like to do. And like she was dreamily gazing in the newspaper yeah, window. Yeah. I wish I didn't have to spend so much time at droids practice. <laughs> yeah, <if only laughs> it wasn't right in the newspaper. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even tell the gladiators that her job for the droids is being their manager. Yeah. <laughs> because she doesn't like rock music, sing, or play an instrument. <laughs> yeah, but they don't know she doesn't like rock music. Right. It's a good match. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she talks to Elizabeth, and within minutes, pours out her whole secret backstory to Elizabeth, which, of course, Elizabeth is like, oh, my gosh, that's so hard. That's so... Well, I'm sure Dana, you know, loves having you around. Like, don't... You just give it time, you know? Right. It's good advice, I thought. Yeah. Didn't work in this case, but... No, and and that's as much as as Elizabeth is involved, except that the next day, Elizabeth calls Sally to invite her to go to the mall because Enid is, like, ditching her to go to some 
picnic or something, a country club party. Yeah. It was a real like MacGuffin that had nothing to do with anything. Just so that Elizabeth could call and like wonder what's going on over there. Elizabeth doesn't do anything to solve the problem. Right. So it's really just like a way to make the storylines intersect. But this is where what to me is one of the weirdest moments of the whole story mm-hmm. happens, which is when Sally comes home from being at the school and tells Dana that she met Elizabeth Wakefield and that Elizabeth was really nice. Oh, yeah, that was weird, because yeah. yeah. suddenly she it was like she was threatened by, by her, she's Dana like, oh, being Elizabeth's well, friend. Oh, well, I guess if you want to have a busy social life and you're not serious about your commitment to the droids. Yeah, all like, she said is less than a week old commitment, <laughs> right? Less than yeah. a week old Like, have they even practiced since then? And she hasn't ever even been asked if she wants to be the manager for no, the droids. She's just assumed to be. What's more is that, like, literally all she said is that Elizabeth seems nice. And Dana's like, well, I guess if you want to be friends with Elizabeth, then you don't have, but if you're not taking your commitment seriously. Yeah, like, that's the choice. Yeah. You're like, you can I don't sh- think she made a commitment, but okay. No, and she can have a singular friend, it seems. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seems Who she thinks she is making friends. <laughs> well, so- if you want to talk to her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but also Dana doesn't dislike Elizabeth. It no, seems as if she does. Yeah. But Sally has a moment of, of clarity here, even in the depths of her her desperation to try and cling on, to hold on, hold on for dear life or whatever the mantra is. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to read uh, from towards the end of the book here. Closing the door softly behind her, Sally wandered down the hallway to her own room. Making friends in Sweet Valley was turning out to be a real disaster. She sat by the window, letting her thoughts roam. It almost seemed, she mused, staring through the leaves of a nearby eucalyptus tree, that Dana didn't want her to like anybody but Dana. That Dana didn't want to share Sally's attention. And Jeremy sure didn't want to share his friends with her. Hot tears welled up in her eyes as she remembered how high her hopes had been. But she wouldn't mind, really, if they would only be nicer to her. She sat bolt upright as that thought took shape, and her tears dried instantly. Why weren't they nicer to her? when she was breaking her neck to be agreeable and easy to get along with. A rare spark of anger kindled in Sally's heart. Why did Dana want to keep her all to herself? Why should she have no other friends? Why should she only do the things Dana wanted her to do? It wasn't fair at all of Dana to act like that. But as quickly as it had flared up, her resentment died down again. Dana wouldn't do that, she whispered aloud. Sorry. Dana wouldn't do that. She whispered aloud, (laughs) rubbing her aching forehead. So it's just like this moment where you're like, yeah, Sally, yeah, yeah get, get it, it Sally. <laughs> and I was like, wah, wah, Dana will do that. Would she? Yeah, Dana is doing that. You. Dana is not cool. <laughs> so. Despite her gold lame jacket. Yeah. She has you fooled. So the, this story is coming, nearing its climax. Very climactic climax. <laughs> But maybe since we brought up Elizabeth in that story, it's, yeah, we could yeah. take us some time to talk about the, the uh, side story. Adorable is, side story. Which is a little lighter because <laughs> it involves puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica comes home. So I don't know. Jessica and Elizabeth are like the stars of this series. Yes. So that's why they get, I'm they, looking at Corey Gladiators and saying this, but you knew that. Yes. Okay. I think it would be easy to read this book and not be aware of that and just be like, why are these girls turning up? Why are there these identical twins with a puppy? Oh my gosh. So they have a puppy. Jessica just brings this puppy home and is like, surprise! Their parents are at a resort. Yeah. Yeah. So they're home alone. Uh, uh, Casa de 
Caballeros. Caballeros. Oh, I thought it was Caballeros. Caballeros. Not Caballeros. I thought it was Cabrillos, and I was like, they're at the House of the Goat? No, they're at the House of the Horses. Okay, that's better. I read it as Cabrillo, but you read it as (laughs) Well, I was trying to make it House of the Cowboys or whatever, so. Okay. Well, anyway, aside. (laughs) (laughs) We all speak basic Spanish in this family. (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) Well, we know how to say goat, horse, and cowboy. And cowboy. And, and house. And house. Yeah. Boom. And of. And yes. of the. We that's, know how to say some more things than that's that. That's Spanish. This is New Mexico, so there is a lot of Spanish here. As there is in Los Angeles, so it comes in handy to know how to say goat and horse. <laughs> Especially when you're ordering a taco. <laughs> Get the goat. Goat is fine. I don't really want a horse taco. That's what I'm saying. It might be good. Oh, I get it. I get it. I'm already laughing, but I didn't get it. No, I get it. Um, yeah, so there's a puppy anyway, speaking of animals. Prince Albert. Uh, so, they named it, okay, they named so it, we're giggling because they named the puppy Prince Albert, you guys. They yeah. named him Prince Albert of their own that? <laughs> I think maybe in the 80s, it was just royalty and tobacco and, and not, not a, a genital piercing. piercing. <laughs> I was like... And read about Prince Albert, the adorable golden retriever puppy. Maybe that's not even what they call it anymore, and we're just like so of our era that that's right. all we can see when we see when either that or then the other, the old like joke about the tobacco. Like, is it chewing tobacco or is it know, like is it loose snuff tobacco? Or... Snuff? That was called Prince Albert, and so there's like a, a joke where you make a prank phone call and you say, "Do you have Prince Albert in a can?" And if they say yes, you say, "Well, you better let him out." <laughs> so it's a great, great, yeah. great call. <laughs> We're gonna do that after. <laughs> but they have Prince Albert in a bedroom and in a basement. Yeah. They come up with this cockamamie plan to hide the dog in Jessica's bedroom, which is a, a shithole. So they're, they're like, they'll never just, notice. Yeah, just like under. notoriously a shithole. I feel like yeah. every every podcast of this I've listened to, they've yeah. mentioned her bedroom. They did not hole. talk about how they call it the Hershey bar in this book. <laughs> That's but true. they do. Because <laughs> they did in the last one though. Gotcha. We did. The, the, <laughs> yeah. Alone in the crowd. <laughs> yes. So so the, the thing that got me about this puppy hiding thing. So the parents come home and they're like, we'll have the puppy for a week or whatever. We'll show them that he doesn't, he's no trouble. And then we can tell them that we have the puppy and like, look, we had him for a week and you didn't even know. That's how little trouble he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, we're responsible. But it's a golden retriever puppy. How, and why was he let quiet? It out all week. Yeah. How was he quiet? This is also funny to me that I'm. Reading this book about cousins, I'm like, oh, cousins, and then this puppy backstory comes in, and I'm getting a puppy in, like, a week, and I've been hanging out with puppies for seven weeks, and I'm like, there's no possible way in hell that you could hide a puppy from anyone. I mean, they're terrors. Right. They're peeing everywhere. They're pooping everywhere. And the dog is paper trained, but not... Yeah, how is that dog paper trained? It's a really funny moment when, right as their parents are about to get home for the first time, the dog... It actually says, that this understands animals pretty well, it says that their panic transferred to the dog. Like, the dog picked up on it. Then he pees on the floor. And then Elizabeth, like, Jessica, you know, spirits the dog away. And Elizabeth is on the floor cleaning up the pee. And... (laughs) 
<laughs> and the parents come in and are like, oh, did you spill something? And she's uh, just thinking about Elizabeth with, like, paper towel, like, soaked in urine. And she's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You nailed it. <laughs> she throws the wet towels away. Does she wash her hands? I hope so. But then, um, yeah, so the dog stays in Jessica's room when Jessica is home and in the basement when Jessica is gone. Yeah. And Jessica is, like, not going out as much because she can't have the dog home when her parents are home because the dog won't be quiet. She does say at one point. Right? Yeah. It seems impossible. Well, and she's also like going to school late to try to make sure that the dog stays quiet until That's her true. parents leave. And then she's yeah. just locking that poor dog up all day. Yeah. But. And uh, they make an agreement about who they're not going to tell and who they are going to tell. Oh, yeah. Lila made the list, but was it Kara? Kara? Yeah. Kara didn't make the list. Because Kara is dating their brother. Is that's what oh. that was about? Oh. Um, She's got a big mouth. Yeah. So yeah, Lila has a funny line. Let's see if I can find it. Where she says something about how bloodlines are important. Oh gosh, yeah. it was very like Voldemorty. Yeah, it was very Voldemorty. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Like, like, is she a Death Eater? <laughs> she be? I, I think, think she, she would be. be a Death Eater. She's definitely a Slytherin. Uh, yeah. She doesn't have any papers. So they're talking about Prince Albert and whether he's a purebred or not. Did you really just get him from some stranger? Lila asked, a slightly disdainful note in her voice. I mean, he obviously can't be a purebred dog. He didn't have any papers, did he? No, but who cares, Jessica replied. A dog doesn't have to be expensive to be nice, she added. Lila sniffed. Oh, I don't know. I'd rather be sure of what I was getting. Bloodlines are so important. <laughs> and this guy is kind of like, screw Lila and her bloodlines, which I thought was good for Jessica. Yeah. But Lila does have a change of heart very quickly after she kind of like gets to know the dog a little bit. Everybody Touches calls this dog a baby. Yeah. They co- they're constantly like, oh, you're such a baby. <laughs> oh, I love this cute little baby. They love this puppy, which is understandable. And it is pretty cute. And the, at one point, um, there's already like, like, Jeffrey French, who's Elizabeth's new boyfriend, is at the house for dinner, and, like, the dog is, starts howling downstairs, and Jessica tries to pretend that it's her, her like, stereo, music that right? she left on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just one of those weird songs with, how, yeah. with howling puppies. So at this point, Elizabeth has to tell Jeffrey what happened, and, like, probably my favorite moment of the whole book happens uh, after Elizabeth has told Jeffrey how it was all Jessica's idea to hide this puppy and prove... You know, she brought the dog home, and we thought we could prove it to her, blah, blah, blah. Jeffrey chuckled and put his arm around her, kissing her lightly on the nose. I don't know how you put up with her, Elizabeth. I think I would have strangled her years ago. Now, that's not fair, she said, defending her twin. Jessica has a lot of very good qualities. Well, I guess I just haven't seen them yet, Jeffrey said sarcastically. <laughs> Maybe she only brings them out on holidays. <laughs> Which I was like, yeah. And I also, this is something that Elizabeth did a lot with her last boyfriend, too. It's like, she will complain about Jess, but nobody else can, and she gets really defensive. And it was, like, the one, like, contentious thing with her and her previous boyfriend. And it's like, it's not just Todd, Liz. Everybody who knows you too well knows that she's awful. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe she only brings them out on holidays. That's a good line, Jeffrey. (laughs) Jeffrey's growing on me. What can I say? Yeah. It's no Todd. He'll never be Todd. The puppy ends up, they almost get their cover blown when the puppy is locked in the basement for the day and everything seems to be fine until, who was down there with It her? was Lila. It was Lila. Oh, yeah. Lila, Lila says, down there. is that a snake? 
no, it's not moving. And so they go to investigate the snake that, that's not moving and <gasps> the snake is a piece of plumbing from the washing machine that is yeah there. like a rubber hosing for, yeah. the, for the washing machine so after some investigation they discover that the washing machine has been chewed chewed and is no longer functional jessica later says that the dog ate the washing machine right. yeah <laughs> which is why elizabeth has to explain to jeffrey actually she's like he's like what ate the washing machine <laughs> So they secretly hire a, um, a plumber to come fix it, but they have to pretend to wash the laundry, or they do wash yeah. it, but they go over to the neighbor's house. Just that evening, the yeah. mom... She's like, I'm she gonna do laundry. She like, yeah. her black She's, skirt yeah. washed yeah. She's like, I'm gonna day. do a load of darks, and they're like, no, I'll do the laundry. No, but I'll they, do the laundry. They're acting really weird, but they get away with it. Like, their parents never question yeah. it. Really, what, surprisingly well. Yeah. What yeah. are you kids up to? I would think be? it's good that her parent, their parents are so busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they never get home from work until 6.30. So. That dang injunction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Ned has some real, like, casual, no-research lawyer talk in this book. Yeah. <laughs> about an injunction and a judge whose daughter-in-law owns a company and he's Ooh. perjuring himself or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm overstating it now, but... And the uh, has some important interior design. Yeah, he's yeah, really shoot. busy. <laughs> so, anyway, with Prince Albert, basically, they are trying to talk their parents into letting them have a dog. Their parents don't seem convinced, but they need right. the parents to agree so that then they can be like, surprise, we already have one. Right. <laughs> and they, but then they walk the dog one day. They're going to take him on a really long walk and he won't move. He won't walk. And then he runs away. Yeah. He slips his collar and takes off and they run after him for five minutes and then they lose him and jessica just starts weeping and they're so sad and, and they get their friends to help look for him and there's this poor golden retriever no puppy living on the streets yeah, yeah. Very, it's actually very sad it is, it is so sad and it seems <laughs> and for a second like oh well maybe this story is gonna have a sad ending and the other story could have a happy ending <laughs> But then the craziest thing of the whole <laughs> the whole <laughs> story happens, which is that Ned Wakefield comes home with a puppy, and it is Prince Albert. Yes. He they already it. have a name yeah. chosen out for him, conveniently. And the parents are not like, why are you calling him that? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I really and feel, feel like that's like a parental failure there oh, to yeah. intervene on a problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wakefields are famously yeah. terrible parents. Always so. dog, Prince Albert. <laughs> yeah. And they also are like, oh, look, he responds to it already. <laughs> it's like, kind of dumb. It's like he yeah. already knows you. Yeah. But I mean, how could they guess that this is what happened? It's completely, it's so far-fetched just to be farcical that they <laughs> yeah. could find this dog, the this very dog. dog at the, at the, um, not the pound, but like the, the animal shelter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and retriever well, puppies just, or it, was a, it wasn't a retriever. It was yeah. A, it was a Labrador. Oh, oh, was it? Oh, okay. I've been saying uh, retriever. You're I, right, though. It's yeah. a lab. Um. But Mrs. Wakefield is like, oh, my favorite. Yeah. yeah. They would have been fine if they just yeah. revealed the puppy in the basement. That's actually a good point. Yeah. If they'd just been like, mom and dad, we've been, we have this puppy. We're going to keep him. They would not have sent the puppy away. Everybody loves yeah. this puppy. No. How could you? It's Prince Albert. Yeah. So at the low point of Elizabeth's story, she's all sad because they lost the dog, basically. This is when sally comes to school and she apologizes to elizabeth for not going shopping with her and she's all sad too sally's sad because some other convoluted bullshit that <laughs> <laughs> could have been right right aunt Anne and uncle hal have told jeremy dana and sally so many names to remember 
that they all need to be home that night so that the, the dad is coming back from San Francisco and he's going to have an important family announcement. And Sally is sure that this means she's going to be kicked out after right. like a week. Yeah. yeah. If yeah that. It, was, it was tough to figure out the timing, but yeah, if we take it literally, it seems it's like, not been very long. It's yeah. been like a week. Yeah. And I thought this was just like Sally's, you know, negativity, which is very understandable. Yeah. And I thought the same thing, but we come to find out a few, like a chapter later that apparently Dana and Jeremy also thought that's what their parents were going to say. Which means that they're being real brats about not, like, they're just sort of, I don't know, they all drive to school together so they can be home quicker. And Jeremy picks Sally up after school and they go to pick up Dana. And it's like Dana is trying to make light conversation, but there's, like, a really somber mood in the car. Which didn't make sense to me until we find out that everybody was expecting the parents to to send Sally away. But... Intrigue. Oh. Yeah, well, apparently Jerry tries to pick up some hitchhikers. Yeah. That seems like a great idea. They're on the way home from school. And, and they need to be home right away, too. And then so Yeah, like, why not grab some yeah. hitchhikers and take them two blocks, like... Yeah, before they have to turn <laughs> in two blocks. Yeah, we're not going far. You can... And Sally says, don't pick those guys up. I know yeah. guys like that. Like, this is yeah. the first moment that she's actually kind of shown any personality, really? Yeah. And her street smarts. Yeah, Yeah. her street smarts really do come into play here. Or, like, assert herself on any way. Right. Maybe we shouldn't pick those guys up, which I think makes Jer want to pick them up all the more. He's like, I think you're right, yeah. Don't tell me what to do. I'd pick up seedy hitchhikers if I want to. Yeah. And so they pop in the back, sitting on either side of this uh, Dana. Dana Dana protests, too. But she's like, no. And they're like, gross. Yeah, and then they're super sleazy to Dana. They put their arms around her. They're like, what's your name, babe? And she says, it's not babe. (laughs) Awesome. It was badass. Yeah, Dana. (laughs) Good job, Dana. (laughs) But then it gets, like, scary. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the I I marked We're taking them with us. I mean, like, trigger warning for, like, scary stuff <laughs> because what happens also is a spoiler. Oh uh, yeah, scary stuff. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, scary yeah, stuff coming. True. Well so basically they demand to be taken to Kelly's, which is a bar where all the low lives hang out. Yeah. And they admit underage people, so yeah. Apparently, young underagers. Everybody knows that yeah. Kelly's is yeah. seedy. Many a Sweet Valley High novel ends with or has in the middle some sort of seediness. The seediness of Kelly's is a plot point in many a Sweet oh. Valley High novel. Oh, wow. So it's consistent. That's a lot yeah. of featuring of an um, alcohol establishment in a tween book. Yep. That's true. Oh, yeah. Geez. And funny that there's Kelly's liquors in Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which but can be the... kind of dicey sometimes. <laughs> it depends on which one you go to. I think they're required... At... Note of Kelly's Liquors in Albuquerque. I think all of the staff are required to carry a gun on them. <laughs> oh my god. Yikes. So that tells you a thing or two. That's probably true of the staff of Kelly's in Sweet Valley, too. Would, Maybe they could have so. liberated Dana earlier then instead of having oh, these two creepers. Yeah. That's that's a good thing. Kidnapper in. Hey, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so basically the guys demand to be taken to Kelly's. Like, Jeremy tries to say, I'm going to drop you off. We're not going that way. I'll drop you off by the freeway. You can find somebody else to take you the rest of the way. And they're like, you know, fuck no, you're going to take us Jesus there. Or, or we're going to do something bad. Then they get there, and he's like, okay, we took you here. Bye. You don't need anything else from me. And, well, I'll just read what it says rather than paraphrasing. 
Okay, get out you guys. Jeremy's voice was tight. Sure, but there's a couple things we need first, Jim said, breathing heavily down Jeremy's neck. Like you want. Jeremy whipped around in his seat. What the? Well, my friend here will think of something to take from your sister here, Jim continued, a sinister note creeping into his voice. Oh my god, that's yeah, so what scary! What a terrible thing yeah. to put in a book for 12 year olds. Yeah. Maybe they're just counting on the 12 year olds not getting it. But yeah, geez. right. Or maybe you like. Never pitching up, picking up hitchhikers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a good stranger oh, nature for hitchhikers. Or maybe it's like the 12 year old will think, like, 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 like her backpack, her gold yeah. yeah. dinner jacket. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that is what they meant. Actually, that is a pretty sweet jacket. I'm sorry, yeah. a pretty boss jacket. <laughs> so we see inside Sally's head that she's scheming. She's like, Look, yeah, like I'm gonna think I gotta co- take yeah. him off guard. Gotta surprise him. We're gonna make this work. Yeah, and she does. She's she actual she street smarts. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. had some experiences in her foster care, and she yeah. Where she wasn't abused. Oh, so I guess it's important to say that after they take the wallet, they basically insist that they are going to take Dana and Sally yeah. into Kelly's with them. And right. nothing Jeremy they need knew some about girls it. to party with, even yeah. if they're whatever they are, what, yeah. 16, 17. Yeah. yeah. So Sally, is, this is where Sally really gets clever. She thinks on her feet. Yeah, they tried to take yeah. her and, and Dana. Yeah. And then Sally says, wait... You're wasting your time with her. Don't let her close fool you. She's a dead boar. <laughs> so basically, Sally's like, I'll go with you. Like, she goes willingly. Like, right. let's leave her behind. She tries to act like the kind of girl that would go to Kelly's right. with them. Right. She's like, I'm ready to party. And this Jeremy, girl, yeah, she's, she's not ready to she's party. She's a tease. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> she goes with them. I like how Dana was offended by that, though, too. <laughs> But wouldn't it be surprising? I mean, meek Sally, who's only yeah. so sweet and nice all right. the time, all suddenly sudden is like, like yeah. yeah, dumb bitch. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's a real Suzanne Devlin situation, gladiators. Maybe mm-hmm. is what Dana is thinking of Sally, but that's not really what's happening. And no. luckily, Dana does not countenance that thought for very long because Jeremy, fucking Jeremy, is like, phew, got out of that one. <laughs> And Dana's Scott like, free. no, what? <laughs> so l- let me actually read that, because this is a moment that I thought was pretty, pretty sweet. As if suddenly awakened from a dream, Jeremy started the car and backed out, a grim look on his face. Jeremy, no, we can't leave her here. He looked at her sharply. She said she wanted to stay. You heard her. Dana looked out the back window at Kelly's. Sally was just disappearing through the door, flanked by Jim and Al. Even as Dana watched, Sally glanced back at the car, the same strange look on her face. Then she was gone, swallowed up by the dark brooding structure. Besides, we're safely out of that mess, Jeremy continued defensively as they swerved back onto the highway. He drove quickly back toward town. Safely out of it, echoed in Dana's mind. And then she knew. Now that her terror had eased off, she realized what that strange expression on Sally's face was. It was a mixture of fear, sadness, and maybe even a little relief. Relief that Dana and Jeremy were out of harm's way. Oh God, Dana shouted. (laughs) Don't you see? That was what she was trying to do. So suddenly, it's like a miracle occurs. And Jeremy and Dana are both like, 
all the self-reflection happens yeah. in like a change, page. Change of heart. Total like change of heart. They're like, we have to save her. She was so selfless. She just wanted us to be safe. And now we... Now she's now we Also, they feel like shit, which they should. They should. Yeah. They were she's, being assholes. She's hanging out yeah. at a seedy bar with Jim and Al, which is funny that they get names, but... Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think they got hair colors, too. Even more than Mark. Oh, yeah, because the Rachel. one with stringy one blonde did. hair. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe it was yeah. just one got hair color. Yeah, but. sorry, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, so I think that maybe it's like the guilt that they're feeling over leaving her at the bar sort of spirals out Watch into real, feeling guilt about the whole situation right. and how right. shitty they were. But this, maybe we were assholes. Yeah. And, like, the maybe fact that Sally were. is, like, showing a taste of her street smarts maybe is, yeah. like... Making them realize, like, oh, yeah, she has been through some shit. Yeah. And some real personality instead of just, like, fawning over yeah. everything. Right. But they can't just go right back to Kelly's, apparently, because... They need backup. They, yeah, they weren't yeah. strong enough to stop her from going in there in the first place. Luckily, Mark Riley lives... Only a half mile away. Yeah. And even really luckily, he's got two football players at his house. Right. Or a but football like, player and the sports writer. I don't know. It's still, how. like, high school juniors, right? Like, Matthews is a, is a piece of meat, though. Oh. Okay. He's a big body boy. He's a big body boy. Yeah. He's a hunk and a half. John, I think, is just normal, but they make They're going to, like, roll into a bar and go, like, be threatening because. Yeah. I don't don't think of, like, 16, 17 year old boys as, like. No, but who knows how old. Who knows how old Jim and Al are, though? Maybe 12 for a while. (laughs) Dana, I mean, Sally does say, I know boys like that. She doesn't say, I know men like that. That's true. Yeah. So, or maybe she says guys, but whatever it is, she doesn't say men. Yeah, she <laughs> doesn't say men. But then, so when they go back in, there's just this beautiful moment of, of somebody says to, when they're like, hand her over. Hey, punk. Yeah. yeah. Hey. The guys are like, what's she to you? And Dana's like, like, my sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then they hug, and I did cry a little bit. I mean, I got up at 5 a.m. today. I had only a few hours of sleep, so that could be part of it. But <laughs> um, And I'm on an airplane, dehydrated and all that. But I definitely shed some tears when they when they mm. hugged, and it was like... My sister. My Aww. sister. Because yeah. cousins can be no, like sisters, you guys. <laughs> you guys are like sisters to me. Oh, as long as I don't have to share a room. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Dana and Sally don't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or I promise house. never to <laughs> steal your... Best friend. Yeah. Or your room. I promise never to manage your band. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then... But that's not... The story's not over. No. No. There's more tears to be shed. As you recall, there's this lingering Sally is going home. Everyone thinks Sally is going home. She's even said goodbye to Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. She she did. And then she bolted across the field in tears. Right. Right. Which I think anymore, like it wasn't written with that way, but I think that'd be kind of like a, it would, it would probably trigger more like suicidal type questions or things like in, in a book written today like this. Yeah. Like, like, oh, we need to call the the guy with Sally right now. So, so they go from this relief and this, this emotional roller coaster of near ab- abductions and who knows what's going to happen, what? and then safety and oh my god, you're my sister, and then they get back in the car and they remember, oh yeah, Sally's going home. And at this point, I think is when it actually reveals that they all thought. Yeah, that's that when we were suddenly on the same page. You're like, wow, yeah. you guys are. Wow, the whole time they thought she was going to get kicked out. That's Stone Cold. Yeah, Aunt Anne and Uncle Hal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not well, and Jeremy and Dana, but we knew they were Stone, they were Stone Cold. Yeah. So. And Mark even comes in. He's like, "I'll fight for you," because they're in love now. 
Yeah, and so like, <laughs> holding hands, you oh, know, yeah, the, yeah. The, back, the the safety and the release. But like, so was yeah. Mark in on this then too? If he, Isn't that weird? The parents, her? when the parents like are like, okay, we're I'm gonna um, we're gonna sit you all down and have a family talk, and they don't say anything about the fact that Mark is still right. There. <laughs> I guess Literally. Mark and Jeremy might be really good friends. Yeah, and they're yeah, practically um, married now too. Yeah. Mark and Sally. Yeah. Yeah. Or Mark and Jeremy. I'm Jeremy wishes that were the case, but yeah. um poor Jeremy. Um Mark is into his cousin sister. So it'll never work. Yeah. Yeah, so they're all like, Mom and Dad, you can't do this. And they're like, Whoa, whoa, don't talk till we tell you what's going on. You listen up. Yeah. You listen here, kids, and they're like, "Why are you late?" And they're like, "Oh, we had this trouble, but it's okay." And they're like, "Okay, tell us later." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we got news, and yeah. the news was that they're gonna adopt Sally. They're gonna adopt, adopt Sally. Sally for like a year before she's eighteen. <laughs> well, she'll be adopted forever. Yeah, that's true. true. But she'll always be she'll sisters. have a legal guardian for. Did we say that Dana told Sally to lie to everybody and tell her she was sixteen? No, I don't think we did. I kind of or, referenced it in the opening. Yeah. About, but I didn't say age. I was just talking about I forgot about that. Yeah. But it was yeah. just like, don't yeah. talk about your past. But yeah. no, they actually wanted her to... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so so that's how we know that Sally is 17, I guess. Yeah. So she's been adopted. She's been adopted. Oh, yeah. And it's happily ever after. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's one thing that I want to say about this Kelly's Climax. Which is that this is not the first book in the 33 Sweet Valley Heart novels we've read for this series so far that has ended this way. Nor is it the second book in this 33 that we've read that has ended this way. There was a big Kelly's fight in... Well, in the, it actually references in passing. You were gonna. Yeah. You said you were gonna. Yeah, I put this. a note to ask you, like, what are the other times Kelly's? Because I think it mentions like even like Elizabeth or Jessica or somebody Jessica. knew about the dangers of Kelly's, and then it talks about yeah, usual when, clientele would back up Jim and Al and not Dana and Jeremy. So in the very first book of Sweet Valley High, Dear Sister, there's a guy named Rick Andover who's like a cool guy. He drives a Camaro, I think, and he Rick um, is. You know, they also don't tell us what kind of car the yeah. the Larsons drive. What is, is he all- the same author? No, it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> this ghostwriter doesn't tell us what color eyes people have. Yeah, you're right. What color hair people have, especially boys. Yeah. And how are we supposed to know how attractive they are? And we need to know also for that same reason what kind of car they drive. Yeah. <laughs> is it boss? Is it boss or not? How are we to not know? Not a boss car. I have a feeling this is like a family car. This has got like bench seats. It's a and, station yeah, wagon. Shifter on the column. <laughs> so that book involved a lot of drama with Jessica being taken to Kelly's and Rick Andover carjacks uh, them at some point. Jesus. And like forces them to drive to to Kelly's, which is essentially what's happened here. But that happens again in the book where... Trisha Martin's sister Betsy is all upset because Trisha died and she's staying with the Wakefields and she also goes to Kelly's and is kind of being held against her will by a guy there and Stephen Wakefield and his buddy have to come and like have a brawl like a fist fight at Kelly's. So this is just like plot number you know 56b for uh Nothing good happens. It's at just Kelly's. another Tuesday for Kelly's. Yeah, so just just a fun fact about the yeah. Sweet Valley High Pantheon, where Sweet Valley's seedy underbelly is. 
There's an important question that comes at the end of every Sweet Valley Diaries episode for my guests. The question is, are you a Jessica or an Elizabeth? No, for this book it's Ooh. kind of hard because oh, yeah. there's not much Jessica and Elizabeth in these books. But if you have some other character that you're related to, I suppose you could name them as well. I mean, I guess, Corey? I guess I'm an Elizabeth. You're getting a puppy, though. I'm so. getting a puppy, but I'm not trying to keep it a secret. I guess you're an Elizabeth, too. <laughs> yeah. I also realize it's probably going to eat the washing machine, and it's probably going to make messes in my room. Yeah, probably I'm, so. You're you're very adorably um, prudent in that yes. way. Though I don't need papers. Bloodlines are not that important. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you meant papers oh, like paper train. Yeah. I, like, oh, like, I think you're gonna need today. some papers. <laughs> I'm just gonna let the dog go wherever he wants. Yeah. Like, for it's like free form. Right. <laughs> Megan, I don't remember what you said before. I think I said Elizabeth before, although I think in the last book Jessica wasn't like as awful as she normally is no, but also that book not the Wakefields were I mean, not super was. present yeah that's true so um usually I think I'm an Elizabeth just because I'm I'm more uh, pensive and but in this case I would really like a puppy and <laughs> I would consider trying to hide a puppy <laughs> but I wouldn't want to leave it tied up all day so I think I'm still an Elizabeth but not a Jessica well we can talk more about the question would you hide a puppy from your parents in the bonus episode <laughs> Um, for now, I think all that remains, unless I'm forgetting something important, is for us to tease book number 34. So, <laughs> awkwardly, did you guys notice something about Maria and Michael in this book? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that was like the C story of, yeah, the, yeah. that got mentioned occasionally. The C story uh, that had very loose ties uh, <laughs> to anything going on, but that... This People is, were gossiping about it. Yeah. Right. Oh, we didn't even talk about how the droids thought it would be really clever to write a song about Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. yeah. What a great well, idea. First, they wanted to use they were gonna their names, it. too, yeah, right? Call like it was, the Ballad the, of Maria and Michael. And yeah. Like, what if we just do Romeo and Juliet? That might really be slightly more veiled. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, so their families are enemies and... Aren't they? Like, yeah, they have like Michael rival is, businesses or something? I yeah, think. yeah. And That's then. all we really know about Maria and Michael. And it is all we know about them. I think Maria yeah. Santelli might be. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure she's a cheerleader. So these two are not prominent char- characters in other books. Uh, Maria no. and Michael. Although they are about to have a book of their own. Um, Corey, would you care to read the tease? I mean, you guys can try to read it together if you want to. Oh, we get to oh, yeah. What lies ahead for Maria and Michael? Happiness or heartache? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 34, Forbidden Love. Thank you very much to my dear cousins, Megan and Corey. And now let's have Christmas time fun. Yay! Yay. Christmas time fun! <laughs> the listeners will have already uh, had their Christmas time fun, but ours is still to come. Just beginning. Just beginning. But not starting over. No. <laughs> we here at Sweet Valley Diaries have an Instagram page. Sweet Valley Diaries. You can follow it. And tell a friend about this podcast. Those are my calls to action, gladiators. Does anyone out there need a puppy? You could hide it from your parents. You could hide it from your parents. Two loving females still need phones, and hopefully by the time this airs, they have them. But if not, tell Marissa. I want a puppy. (laughs) 
okay, get out, you guys. Jeremy's voice was tight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> tight. Jeremy's voice was boss. <laughs> All right. Okay, get out, you guys. Jeremy's voice was tight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mom's laughing at me now. 